Hello and welcome to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Joel is a certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. You've seen Joel. He's been published in Forbes, the Wall Street Journal, and the Hartford Business Journal. Every weekend, he hosts Better Money on WFSB Channel 3 on the Saturday and Sunday morning news with Kara Sundland. And he's an analyst that has appeared on Fox Business, Fox Connecticut, NBC 30, and WTNH Channel 8 written a whole pile of his own books, including most famously The Money Map. Joel, always good to get your wisdom, and I appreciate you making time for us, as you always do on the weekends. Hey, let's kick it off with something that's not at all financial. I just want to get to know you a little bit. I've never talked to you about this topic before. Uh, What's your favorite fast food restaurant? Oh, that was totally unexpected. Let me think. I was just out in Iowa visiting my brother. His uh, My nephew got married out there. And uh, we ate at Chick-fil-A twice. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really good. My, my kids love Chick-fil-A. Um, as far as fast food goes, I like noodles. Um, noodles is good. Chipotle is good. As far as a really good steak or something like that, um, Capital Grill, I guess, I, I enjoy. So uh, I'm not someone who's a stranger to restaurants. Uh, if it was up to me, I would be eating out every single morning, lunchtime, and dinner. So uh, I love my restaurants. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were about to retire, and I was asking them, well, what, what are you going to do for physical activity in retirement? Because they work at a job that was pretty physical. And so I was asking him what they were going to do to stay in shape, what they were going to do for exercise when they retire. He said, well, I think we'll probably uh, we'll go to a lot of different restaurants. It's like, yeah, I, I don't think walking from the car through the parking lot into the restaurant really counts as physical activity, but maybe. Probably not. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the market. Obviously, it's been a pretty good run for the last 10 years or so, but um, specifically Netflix in the last decade. Uh, their stock price, this is an absurd number. Their stock price is up 8,500% over the last 10 years. Obviously, as streaming services have taken off and caught fire. But there are a lot of other competitors getting into that streaming game. Um, you know, Disney is launching their Disney Plus streaming thing later this year. Uh, how should we approach investing in an industry like that? It's just the landscape is constantly changing. Well, I mean, here's the thing. So you, you said it exactly right, John. The landscape is constantly changing. You know, a company like Netflix, now it's got everybody's attention. Usually um, when that happens, you've missed the explosive part of the ride, right? Facebook and Netflix and NVIDIA and companies like that. Uh, you know, when everybody is hearing about them, we've kind of missed the huge upside. We, for, for most of our clients, it's about asset allocation. It's not about picking individual stocks. I personally own individual stocks. Um, our clients own different individual stocks and different strategies. But to try to grab that one that's going to take off like a rocket, we actually do not do that here. We want to asset allocate. We want to spread out our risk. We want to get good appreciation when the market is good, but we want to protect against the downside. And so we don't necessarily make that call on Netflix or Google um, as an individual stock. We more look at a certain industry and, you know, Netflix is part of the technology industry and also the entertainment industry. So we want to have, as good money managers, exposure in those industries. But to overweight in one stock or another, we have to be very careful about. Now, I'm not negative on Netflix, nor am I negative on Amazon. But I just think if you own a basket of stocks in those industries so that you don't put all your eggs in one basket, it makes sense. Remember, 
most of you that we deal with that are our clients, you don't want us to make you rich. You want us to keep you from being poor. And that's what we really get paid for as financial advisors that specialize in working with people that are recently retired or getting ready to retire. We want to keep you from being poor because if you're listening to this program, you're probably a pretty good saver. That's a great way to boil down the peace of mind that I think you try to bring to people, right? It's people that are not trying to take their $7 million and turn it into $15 million. It's people that have 750000 or 1.5 or $2 million, And it's how do I make this last the rest of my life? Right, exactly. How do we solve the problem of generating enough income that a client wants, giving them raises to keep up with inflation, and making sure that when the market goes down, which it will, the economy will grind to a halt, we will go into a recession, the market will go down. I don't know when that's going to happen, but our job as financial advisors, again, who specialize in people that are either already retired or getting close to retirement, uh, my job is to make sure when that downturn happens that we've got a good chunk of your money protected. And in order to do that, we're not focused on catching the next Netflix or Google right in the infancy stages. Well, let's talk about some approaches that some advisors have that might actually fit that mold that you're talking about, trying to catch the next hot thing. Uh, but some red flags for financial advisors. So if you're shopping around for a financial advisor, or maybe you've been working with somebody for years, and maybe you recognize some of these issues, these might be red flags you want to be paying attention to. Like, for instance, Joel, if you run across a financial advisor who has a very long resume, bounced around to a lot of different jobs, a lot of different companies, you know, I think we can make some assumptions as to why that might be a red flag. But what would you say to that? Well, I would just, I don't think that's necessarily a person you do not want to do business with, but you need to look at that. I mean, I've been in this business for 30 years, and I didn't start out as an independent owner of a financial firm like I am now. I started out working for different brokerage firms, and I moved a bit, um, but... Now, you know, that I own my own uh, registered investment advisory firm or I'm a managing partner, you know, this company in its form now has been around for well over 10 years and there haven't been any changes in my particular resume. Um, you want to watch out for people that move every year or two um, or even three, especially if they're going from the big firms like the Merrill Lynch's, UBS, Smith Barney, even though they're not around anymore, but you get the idea. If they're moving from those big firms, um, there's usually a reason for that, and you want to be careful of that. If they're moving from one independent to another, if they've left to form their own firm, then that's different. So watch out for the long resume. doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't be doing business with that person, but you should at least ask some questions about it. By the way, the place to find this out is called Broker Check. You can go online and just punch in Broker Check into Google, and you will come up with a place where you can put in the name of your advisor and find out what firms have they worked for. All right. Uh, another red flag, Joel, might be the one-size-fits-all approach. So no matter what your problem is, what issue you have, you're going to get sold the same product as everybody else who comes in the door. How do you know if that's happening to you? Well, I don't know if you do. I don't know if from a customer standpoint you really do. I think you can tell a little bit in the conversation that takes place where the advisor, and many times it's not even an advisor, it's maybe an insurance salesman or um, somebody that works for a, um, a stock brokerage firm, but they're not acting as an advisor. But many times they will be, they almost won't listen 
to you, the customer, to you, the potential client. They will just railroad down a certain direction and everybody sort of ends up with the same product, which is what we're talking about, obviously. But you'll get a feel for when you ask a question if they've already decided what you need. Because quite frankly, the way we do our meetings, especially the first time we meet with somebody, we don't know what someone needs. Um, That's why we get together as a team to discuss different situations and find out what's best for the client. So you don't want that cookie-cutter approach. You don't want somebody that just recommends the same exact thing to everybody. So Joel, imagine that you went to a doctor and you walked in and said, yeah, I've been having some really strange headaches for the last two or three months. He said, no problem. Here's the prescription you need. Let me write this out for you right now. Uh, This would seem like a red flag if your doctor did that. Very little information gathering happening there. But I think a lot of times we don't necessarily see it as a red flag with an advisor when we should. A lot of information needs to be gathered before any recommendations are given. Well, absolutely correct. And the doctor analogy is a perfect way to, um, to frame that because if you're meeting with an advisor or if you have a relationship with an existing advisor or you're meeting with somebody new, there should be more time spent asking you questions and getting to know you than there should be talking about how great of a firm they are and how they've got some secret proprietary investment process that only they have figured out and blah, 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 which is what so many advisors sound like. The real question is, are they asking you the right questions? I mean, think about, uh, I was thinking about going to have one of those executive physicals. In fact, I'm I'm going to do this. And I'm probably going to go up to Mayo. My mom and dad have been up to Mayo in Rochester, Minnesota. And I'm probably going to go up there and do that. And I guarantee you, there will be a ton of time spent asking me questions, getting deep into the weeds on my health history, any kind of symptoms I've had, my workout patterns. They're going to do so much information gathering. Probably 90% of it's going to be information gathering and 10% might be the interpretation of the information and some suggestions. That's how it should be with a financial advisor. They should spend a ton of time getting to know you so that they know that they're recommending a plan that has the highest probability of working for you. Remember, we're fiduciaries. You should be dealing with somebody that's a fiduciary. And in order for that fiduciary to do the proper job, they need to be asking you a lot of detailed questions. And then for folks maybe who have been working with an advisor for many years, and they just never hear from the advisor, never get an email, never get a newsletter, never get a phone call. You only hear from him or her every so often when they have something new to sell you. A lot of people don't recognize it. That's not really how the relationship should work. Well, and this is what's in some ways better about, not not in all ways, but in some ways it's better to work with a fee-based financial advisor because they have an incentive to keep you happy, to keep doing a good job for you, and part of that is ongoing communication. If you work with a stockbroker who just gets a commission when you buy and sell something, or initially, they have no incentive to keep you happy. It's just a transactional relationship. Um, If you work with somebody who's truly working as an advisor, a fiduciary, and that doesn't mean somebody can't be a fiduciary at a big firm, a big national firm, but um, many of them are stockbrokers. So uh, when you're working with somebody that is a fiduciary, and they're charging you a fee, an asset management fee, they have a huge incentive to keep you as a client, which means they should be taking care of you, they should be staying on top of your needs, there should be ongoing communication, there should be at least a review, I would say at least once per year, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in person, it could be over a video conference, it could be over the phone, but there should be a review at least once a year. You wanna make sure that you are in touch with that firm and they understand what your needs are. Also, sometimes this is on the client. The client 
you as a client need to let your financial advisor know if there is a change in your situation. So communication is so critical. And all of these things that we've talked about, the financial advisor red, red flags, watch out for that long resume. The one-size-fits-all approach can be a problem. Um, the very little information gathering, that is a red flag if they're not gathering a lot of information. And then, of course, communication. Make sure your expectations are uh, good and accurate when it comes to how often your advisor is going to communicate with you. You know, here's the bottom line. You've been working on this idea of retirement for the past 30 or 40 years. You know, you're going to come up to retirement in a few years, or maybe you're already retired, and you've worked way too hard to just take for granted that everything's going to be okay. Think about the time you took raising your kids. I do that a lot. I was thinking about this this morning. The time and the memories I've taken raising my kids. You know, I've gotten them through college, almost. <laughs> you know, I've paid off all my debts. We're debt-free personally, Wendy and I. Um, we've saved and sacrificed and live on less than what I've earned, and you've probably done that too in the hope that someday you could retire. That was the hard part. You've already done the hard part. The key now is to get across the finish line to make sure that what you have put in place, your savings, your future income, whether that's from pension and Social Security, are going to work together. A friend of mine calls it the financial symphony. They're going to work together to make sure not only do you enjoy retirement, but if you pass away or when you pass away, you can leave things to the people that you love or the organizations that you care about. So again, it doesn't have to be that hard. You've just got to have a plan. You've got to have a plan specifically designed for you. We've already been talking about that on the program. And you've got to understand it and have confidence in it. And that confidence, folks, that is huge. You've got to have confidence in your advisor. You've got to have confidence in your plan. That will give you the ability to enjoy retirement. So give us a call. Come in for a visit, a visit where we will go through your individual situation. We'll ask you those questions that I talked about. We'll put together recommendations based on your needs. If you have a financial advisor, don't worry about that. Most of the people we meet with have financial advisors. That's not what's important. What's important is that you have a custom plan or at least at least at least a second opinion that gives you the roadmap to your retirement. And again, there's nothing to be intimidated by coming in to visit with us. Um, There's no, uh, we don't have a cookie cutter approach. There's no pressure. There's no obligation. There's no charge. But don't let the hard work that you've put in go to waste because you didn't follow through on a few simple steps. And the first step is to reach out and set up a time to get your money map retirement review. What does that mean? It means simply we're going to create a map for you with your whole financial life on one page. We're going to do an income analysis for you in addition to that and a stress test of your portfolio. So call now, 1-800-705-1232. Come on in for your visit. Again, no obligation, but call now. We've only got a few select appointment slots available. 1-800-705-1232. Again, 800-705-1232. Call or text, whichever you prefer. We'll get back with you and help out however we can. Remember when you come in for a visit to get your Money Map Retirement Review, you'll leave with a copy of one of Joe's books. Again, that number to call 800-705-1232. That's 800-705-1232. You're listening to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Joel is a certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. We'll open up our financial dictionary in just a moment. First, Joel, I'm going to give you the quote of the week, 
which is from author William Feather, who says, One of the funny things about the stock market is that every time one person buys, another person sells, and both think they are astute. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) And, you know, this is, that's a funny quote, but this is probably one of the most misunderstood issues about the stock market. You know, people just think that a stock is going to go up when everybody thinks it's going to go up. Well, if, if you're buying the stock, somebody's selling it. And there might be a very smart person on the other side of that transaction, just like you might be a very smart person. I mean, think about all the Wall Street analysts, um, the hedge fund managers, the people managing mutual funds. They're buying something that somebody's selling today, and it's probably somebody just as smart as they are. And that's what makes a market. And by the way, that's what sets the price. If you haven't figured that out, the price is set when there's an equilibrium between shares buying and shares selling, not necessarily individuals, but the amount of shares. So um, you've got to be careful about you know, assuming that everybody thinks the stock's going to go up, so it's going to go up. Um, many times, if somebody is, a, if everybody thinks a stock is worth more money, it's already worth more money. So, uh, be careful about that. But just understand, when you're buying, somebody is selling it to you, and when you're selling, somebody's buying it from you. And so, there's a uh, person on the other side of that equation that thinks they're smart too. Opening up our financial dictionary, some people may have seen this on statements from accounts that they already have, Joel. It's this big, ugly jumble of letters, J-T-W-R-O-S. If you've seen that on your statement, what does that mean? That means joint tenants with right of survivorship. And what that simply means is if Wendy and I have an account with both our names on it, we are joint tenants. With right of survivorship means if I die, she owns the whole account. And if she dies, I own the whole account. It bypasses probate. It just goes right to the other person. So That's a good thing, what I just mentioned, bypasses probate. The bad thing is we both own the account, which means if I get sued, even though that money might have originally come from Wendy, since both of our names are on it, uh, it is seen as my property. This is why it's so important not to put your son or daughter's name on accounts with you, because again, that is viewed from a legal standpoint and from a creditor standpoint is they own it too. So be careful about that, but that's what joint with right of survivorship means. It means two people own it, And when one person dies, the other person immediately uh, owns that piece of property. All right, Joel, we're going to wrap up today with a little bit of problem solving. A lot of people, I think, assume that your job, your main job is picking investments, which as you described earlier in the show with the Netflix discussion, that's not really the main part of your job. The main part of your job is problem solving. Whatever financial issues somebody has your job is to figure out how to solve that problem. Not, not just pick investments. Picking investments is a small part of it, but really it's problem solving. So I'm going to give you some scenarios. You tell us a story about the way that you've solved this particular problem for somebody in the past. Like as an example, somebody who was forced into an early retirement. How did you navigate somebody through that? Well, and it's interesting you say this because people being forced into an early retirement is so common these days. I actually wrote a book called Forced to Retire. And in that, we address this issue. But I can think of, I mean, it's not just one person. Just right up at the top of my mind, there's three people that I can think of over the last short period of time that have come to us because they are being told that you can either retire early or you have to retire early. If they have the choice, if they're not forced, but if they have the choice, usually there's some incentives in there. But many times they're forced into an early retirement. Um, One of the things that we look at is, 
where's your income going to come from? Do you need to keep working? Do you need to go out and get health insurance somewhere? Is that part of a retirement package or do you qualify for Medicare? What are your loved one's financial needs? All kinds of things that we talk about when somebody finds out they're getting forced to retire. And it's very important that you solve every one of those problems. Again, my book, Forced to Retire, it talks about the eight things you need to know and decide right now if you are forced into an early retirement. So this is very common. I mean, we've got you know CVS at a merger. We've got the Raytheon United Technologies deal. I could just go on and on about all the companies that are merging or laying people off. Every one of you that's still working, uh, that's probably over 50 years old, you probably need to be, be uh, ready to possibly retire earlier than you thought and you wanna be prepared. If you have found out you're being forced to retire early, don't panic. There's help. We can help you put together a financial plan specifically geared towards your future retirement income. All right. How about somebody who's not getting that early retirement offer, but they really hate their job and they want to retire as soon as possible? I'm sure you've encountered that in the past. How do you help somebody through that? Well, we sure have. And usually that comes out uh, in the form of a conversation that says, my company's really changed. They used to be this great caring company when I started working there 20 or 30 years ago, and it's not the same anymore. The company is just obsessed with the stock price. In fact, when you walk into the corporate headquarters or the building where I work, the stock price is either on the walls, the current stock price, or it's on my computer as soon as I log in for the day. So um, it's very common for people don't like people that don't like their jobs anymore. They don't know what to do. Again, we can help you if this is you. If, if this is your situation, this Money Map Retirement Review is for you. We'll analyze exactly where you're at and draw a clear, clear map of what you need to do to give you the best possible chance of a great retirement. And last thing we'll leave you with, Joel, is somebody who had a tax-related problem that you had to solve. Give us an example of some tax issue that you've had to help somebody navigate. Well, we've got a situation we're working on right now where somebody left their company. They don't have to go back to work. That's the good news. Um, the challenge is they've got a bunch of different assets, including some stock options that they need to uh, exercise. And they can't exercise everything at once. They certainly can't sell all their stock at once in their company because that would create a huge tax burden. But at the same time, we do not want to be overexposed to that one company in their portfolio because that's just, no matter how good you feel that the company is, um, that would be imprudent for that person. And certainly as a fiduciary, uh, we can't manage an account that's 80% exposed to one company. That would just be foolish for us to do that. So the tax problem here is how do we diversify that portfolio and minimize those taxes? There's a number of ways we can do that. We can actually create some downside protection without selling some of that company stock. Uh, but this gives you an idea of, John, what we have to go through when somebody comes in because every tax problem seems to be different. Um, yes, they might fall into the same category, but everybody's situation is different. So although that tax problem might be the same as your neighbor, your individual situation is going to be very, very different. So that's a lot of problem solving. That's really what people need when it comes to getting their retirement ducks in a row. Joel, if somebody needs some help, if they need some problems solved in their own retirement plan, what do you recommend for them? Well, give us a call. We want to help you. There's no obligation. You know that. You've been listening to me for a long time now. There's no obligation. You want what we call our Money Map Retirement Plan. That is our unique process. And although that sounds a little ambiguous, here's what you need to remember. It consists of three important components 
to put together a great retirement plan for you. Number one is a risk analysis of your portfolio. How much risk are you really taking? Most people are taking much more risk than they think. Number two, a retirement income analysis. Are you going to be able to generate the income that you want for the rest of your life or are you going to run out of money? We can help you with that. And number three, be put that all together on one page so your whole financial life is on one page. For those of you that like the backup, by the way, in the detail, we have that for you also. But that's the Money Map Retirement Review. So give us a call, 1-800-705-1232. I want to help you. But again, there's no obligation, but every one of you should have this Money Map Retirement Plan. It's for you. It's for you if you care about your retirement future and your financial future. 1-800-705-1232. And by the way, you can pick up a copy of that book I I mentioned earlier that I wrote called Forced to Retire, if that's applicable to you or anybody you know. 800-705-1232. Call or text that number, whichever is easiest for you. If you're texting, just be sure to give us your first and last name. Either way, we'll reach back out to you and find a time to get together for your Money Map Retirement Review. As Joel just said, you'll get a copy of that book if you want it when you come in for your visit. 800-705-1232. That's 800-705-1232. For Joel Johnson and everybody at Johnson Brunetti, thanks for tuning in to Money Wisdom. I'm John Stillman. We'll talk with you next week right here, same time, same place. Investment advisory services offered through JB Capital LLC, a registered investment advisor. Money Wisdom is sponsored by Johnson Brunetti.